Hello, RP people, and welcome back to Roleplaying as Smart People, a podcast where we pretend to know what we're talking about when it comes to RPG systems, mechanics, and news, and dumb rants on topics we have way overthought. My name is Santa, and I'm glad you've decided to tune in again. As always, joining me today are Mr. Finer and Scott W. Say hello, guys. No 10-second ten ten pause? Eh, but he's, survive. It's, whatever, it's fast. It's awesome. <laughs> I know, one day I'll try and speedrun it. <laughs> Damn. Um, but yeah, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about the death of a player character, or even a whole group. Um, so that should be fun. I know with a lot of people, it's almost heartbreaking when they have a long-standing character die, or even one for a very short time, oddly enough. But, um, so how do you guys react to your own character dying? Or for you, Scott, how do you, how do you treat killing a player character? There you go. Correct yourself. <laughs> uh, I could not give a shit less. No? You'll make, a, you'll make a new one, or we'll figure it out. I mean, there's clever ways, and we'll get into that. There's clever ways of handling the situation, but I, li- I literally don't care. I roll dice in front of my players. I don't. Fudging dice is a coward's way out of a game. Um, I don't care if the f- dice are sad pandas for the players, or you you couldn't design any counter property. Okay, cool story. So you better fix it some other way besides cheating and worrying about if they're going to be big mad and leave your table because their paper had to be erased and written back on. <laughs> Coming out guns blazing on that one. I'm just saying, man. It's a it's a f- game. It says so right in the title. <laughs> uh just a uh, heads up for our listeners uh we actually haven't yeah it's been like two weeks since we've recorded together uh although you guys won't notice any delay in schedule or anything like that but yeah it's been a while since we've we haven't even gamed like what, what the hell is up with that well game together i've gamed. yeah yeah, yeah. You, you guys played games yeah because <laughs> we have lives <laughs> well you just kind of invited me and i was uh all excited. There you I go. I have friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what about what about you, Finder? Uh, how do you react to your character dying? Uh, react to my character dying? Um, it, it's been an evolution. Like when I first got into gaming back in the 70s and 80s, um, I was between like 12 and 15 years old. And the character dying was like horrible. I hated it. And get all melancholy and and uh what have you but now i just don't even care in fact there are times when i've talked with the gyms like this character needs to retire so we either need to kill him or come up with a way for me to be done because i'm done with this character i I don't have anything else to do with the character so for me uh character death is now not a bad thing It, it gives me an opportunity to create a new character and usually the death is a lot of fun because it just means things are going horribly wrong in a fight. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I really don't care about losing characters anymore. Yeah, I kind of agree with you with that one. Like when I first started, I've you know you kind of I started like playing tabletop games in my early twenties, right? But like when a character died for me, like if the first time it happened, I was like, oh, that sucks. What do I do now? And it was more just so because it was like the first hour in like a four hour session. Um, but now like a character dies, I have like eight backups built up already because I had time to kill. So for me, it's, it's the same deal. Like I'm, I don't really care, but I know some people do. 
So what in your your guys' opinion is usually the most likely, likely reason why a player character would die, or even an entire group? You guys got any good examples? Uh, finder. With a stubborn ass. Huh? <laughs> finder. Cough, finder. Cough, finder. Any, cough, any cough. examples? My, my, my goal is to lead parties to death, so... <laughs> <laughs> Any time, any chance you get to play a paladin, you should take that opportunity because, you know. Oh, it sounds like there might be a story behind it. <laughs> all the warning symbols or all the warning signs. But uh, I <clears throat> ask the question again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what is it? What, in your opinion, is the most likely reason why a player character dies? Or even the oh. whole group, and any examples. This question was not written for a very specific person. Okay, so it's what my character would do is, is oh. one of the biggest excuses, right? Jesus. There, there, there are like neon signs, high-level baddie here, don't go here, turn back. Um, no, my character would do that. And, and I use that excuse. I mean, I, I, I totally love doing things that are stupid because it's fun. Um, but also, I mean, there is something said to be to the fact that it is a random mechanic. Dice, uh, and I know there are people out there who will say it's the dice are random, and it's it's uh, there's humans find patterns where there is no pattern, and and even in a random system, you'll have series of of like the same, right? So it's it in a random system, you will have periods where you'll throw 10 ones in a row um, or, or whatever. But a lot of times for me, the death is because of bad dice rolls on my part and not bad rolls on the GM's part. I mean, it's the same thing with my characters. I mean, when, when I was GMing for my uh, kids, we were playing a D&D campaign converted to, to Savage Worlds. And Almost every session, I would have a big bad monster that hits one of the characters for 50 points of damage, and it's very likely that that character is going to die. But they fortunately had great ways to soak the damage and or heal it. So um, all the characters made it to the end of that campaign. But but uh, yeah, for me, it's, it's bad dice rolls. Uh, a lot of times, bad decisions... A lot of times, but mostly for me, it's bad dice rolls. That's that's my story. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> you know what? Though? I 100 agree, 100 agree with you. Uh, me and Finder are in a Wrath and Glory game, and I swear you were going to kill us on our last game. I was hoping to. I thought that would have been hilarious. I, I was oh. especially hoping to get the the marine or the the wolf, the the, the scout. Yeah, like um. If anyone's not familiar with Wrath and Glory, with psychers, essentially, like you can go. There's three different way, like power levels for their psychic abilities. One of them's like you know, kind of in control. The other one, what what's the name of the other two finder? Unbound and um, oh, it's not incendiary, but it's something uh, transcendent. transcendent. Transcendent, and you went transcendent, right? Yes, which is the most uncontrolled. I mean, that's like where you're throwing all kinds of dice and have great odds of screwing things up. Mm -hmm. And it also, like, you end up having to add a total to your dice for, I think, yeah. for that. And 
Finder being Finder on a D66, he got on the first roll, uh, 70? 72. 72. Uh, which caused him to vomit uncontrollably for three rounds. And then on your next one, you got like an 84. Yep. And caused everyone in 50 meters to get damage and also froze everything around it. So everyone had was now all of a sudden having a penalty to their pretty much every single action you can possibly think of doing. <laughs> and I was, I was, was just thinking, awesome. yeah, I was just thinking, it was like, he's going to turn into a demon and kill us all, isn't he? That was my only thought. Because <laughs> that is one where you turn into a, like, you, you summon a demon that like a demon prince that instantly will well doesn't instantly kill you but essentially will kill the entire party and everything around us but yeah well so, and, and you know that that's kind of how even forbidden lands is right if I, I was playing a magic user in a forbidden lands game and totally screwed up my role and with with forbidden lands when you fail your magic roll you actually roll on this random table to see what the effect is and the funny thing about that is it does not matter what kind of spell you're casting. You could be trying to heal somebody and summon a demon. And that's exactly <laughs> what happened. I was trying to heal somebody in, in combat. So I mean, there's really bad situation going on. I'm trying to help out with my magic. And suddenly I make the entire encounter a lot worse because now there's a demon we have to fight. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Scott, didn't one of your games, was it the Oubliettes one that did that? Did well, not to that extent, but you know, had negative effects to magic. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It specifically uh, makes magic uh, super special and dangerous <laughs> uh, to cast. Kind of a gamble. Yeah, yeah, but Finder's not lying. His his dice hate you. Even digital dice hate you. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, it, it's 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 a it's honestly a gift. It's the most entertaining thing on the planet. I like to view myself as a gift to to all parties in which I participate. Because... <laughs> oh, it makes good stories. You don't talk about the things that went easily. You talk about either the really bad times or, or the bad parts or just the most hilarious actions. Here's another one for why parties die. They don't run away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. God. Well, yeah. and you know, for me though, that goes back to like my old D and D days, right? Where every encounter was balanced to the party's capabilities, right? Um, at least that's how a well, lot of the games were, and they talk about game balance. And I'm like, not not old school though. Original D and D didn't give a f about game balance, right? Well, it, the the rules didn't, but but GMs a lot of times did, and they they it, it was uncommon for a first level character to run into a dragon, at least in the groups that I played with. And so, and even like most of the people in my Friday night group, that none of us run away, even when we know we should. Sure. Because we're like, ah, oh, we can take it. Because th that's kind of how we were conditioned. We're now starting to get to the point where we do run away. But <laughs> <laughs> unless you're a paladin, as a paladin, you never run away. No. That's the, character wouldn't, the character wouldn't run away. It's in the rules. So you're not allowed to play a paladin ever again if you, if you run away. That's just like baked into them. Even in 5e, just look in the back page, you'll see it. Paladins don't run. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> I mean, there's a lot... I mean, yeah, that's the biggest one, is people refuse to acknowledge 
when an encounter is going poorly. Yeah. And I don't understand that. Um, but you know what? I think maybe I'm kind of thinking this and maybe you guys can help me out with this. I think that is more of a problem in fantasy than it is other genres because in like cyberpunk genres, because of Shadowrun and like Cyberpunk 2020 specifically, even like Neon Blood, people will go out of their way to get out of Dodge. And I don't know if it's because gunfire, right? Or just your idea shifts around in your head and your subconscious like, like interprets the genres different. I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? I, Ron, I think that's I, part of it. I think it also yeah? has to do with the way the literature that we're familiar with is written, right? In Cyberpunk, it is gritty, and the characters in those stories understand the grittiness of the world, and they run away. Whereas in fantasy novels, the heroes always prevail, even against things like uh, dragons or big, bad, evil monsters. Rarely do the heroes in fantasy literature lose. And so the tropes for fantasy, at least in my experience, you never run away. So. <laughs> yeah. I never actually thought of it. Like thought of that, but yeah, totally right. Like you think of even like old, old fantasy Lord of the, or Lord of the Rings, even like Knights of the round table. What is that? Excalibur, all mm -hmm. those ones. It's all about like, although I know that's technically not fantasy, but it kind of is. If you think I mean, you got it. a magic, magic sword thrown, thrown at a tart in a lake. And a, and, a, and a wizard. Yeah, okay. It is fantasy. Yeah. It is fantasy. But, yeah, I never actually thought about that, but that's so true. Like, And, yeah, you think of, like, cyberpunk, you think of that, you actually think more of the heroes or whatever kind of getting their asses handed to them on a lot of situations. Yeah, and, like, there's more use of cover when you throw firearms into a game, which the cover oh, yeah. should be just as applicable. Uh, there was a couple of people who were talking about Savage Worlds, and Savage Worlds is a great system, um, but people do have a tendency, and you guys have played it too. I know Finer plays probably far more Savage Worlds than either of us, but there's a tendency of people not really to use cover in Savage Worlds, and it's weird because it's like, oh, I just want the target number to be a four. Okay, cool, but that's not how ranged weapons work in Savage Worlds. Like, Use cover, move your characters back, like do everything you can to make it more difficult. And with guns, with bows, and it doesn't seem to. It also seems to be very static as a as a system in and of itself, for the most part. But yeah, it could also be sort of similar to something that Finer briefly touched on, but it's the fact that the encounters in a lot of major fantasy games are always meant to be balance with the character that's why they have like they have like a whole like part in the book it's like i don't mm -hmm. think it's long but it's literally saying okay this is the enemy rating what how many heroes do you have okay you have that what's your total level okay now for four of them you can you can fight this uh th these creatures uh which would equal up to a difficulty rating of this so it should be manageable or this monster right here which is this one oh you want it to be a little bit tougher but still manageable manageable just do it one level higher. Like yeah. it, they they've literally made it so that you your character won't die in uh well, I think everyone kind of knows what system I'm talking about right now, but in it's 5e. Fun. Yeah. I mean it's it's tough. I mean, I killed a whole party of 5e characters and they were <laughs> fifth or sixth level and they chose 
poorly. Um, <laughs> I mean, they really, they really chose poorly on that combat, but it was fun for them because we had such a long pull to get to the point where they, they got to, and it was just like, oh man, you guys, uh, you guys really did refuse to, to extract yourselves from the dungeon until the very last minute. And by that point you're done, but you know what? I'll be fair. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say it's players. And I know people say everyone at the table's a player. I don't. Okay. Hippie. Uh, no one, no one gives a shit. There is a vast difference between being a game master and being a player. It's just that's just true. It's how it is. But I will say I also put a lot of this blame and maybe the the stigma on the GMs for not following through with some of the shit that's in the rules, right? Like uh, morale. Morale's real, and you see GMs very rarely will use it because they're just like, oh, I'm going to keep fighting. Like all these goblins, their leader just got you know spit roasted by a paladin and you know a druid and they're still going to keep fighting like no man you know make your morale rolls and i think that that tendency bleeds over to the to the rest of the table is like well he's not going to stop so why should we stop you know i'm just as guilty of that that's a tough one to remember i have to i'll make a note every time i run a game like morale in big letters um because i i understand like hey you know and that's what i was going to i was going to say too on part of it is the tactics are never there on some of these games of like if you've got a band of goblins and they got a hobgoblin leading them, go for the hobgoblin first, right? You should because you should be able to crack that morale and see if you can get a few of them to scatter, and that starts to lessen that playing field a little bit, uh-huh. uh, or even it out. But yeah, I don't know. I think GMs have also done a really bad job at this. Well, and you know the funny thing is though, and this could again be the people that I play with going old school and being murder hobos. Because that's how we played. I mean, mm-hmm. we would, creatures were there for us to kill and take their stuff. And so even now, it's interesting for me that when I do have the monsters run away, the players won't let them. The players are like, no, I'm going to kill that thing before it gets out of shot. Well, um, that happens and it can be appropriate sometimes, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, I don't fault them for it. I mean, yeah. if, if I was a player, I'd probably do the same thing. It's like, I don't want that thing coming back at me uh, at some point when I'm not prepared. But I I just, I do find it interesting that while players may not run away and monsters do, it it doesn't teach the players necessarily to run away. It's just, Oh, if I run away, I'm going to get mopped up by these bad guys. Um, And so I I don't know. It, it, It is an interesting dilemma for that reason, because if the players decided to run away, would I, as the GM, let them get away? I, I don't know yet. <laughs> I, I haven't been presented with that scenario. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, I don't know. And you guys have never – trying to remember if you guys ever had to run away from anything. You guys have gotten your asses headed to you. Well, you guys did try to run away from the last the Dungeon World, to be fair. And we also did run away yeah. from the Living Fireball. Yeah. That is true. The Living Fireball did scare the piss out of you guys, which is – Kind of how it was meant to do, like, you know, was it beatable? Hmm, maybe. But, yeah, and it wasn't there, like, uh, I think a lot of, in Savage Worlds, it's such a tough one, right, to, like, because there's no real, like, challenge rating in Savage Worlds. It's just, because you don't know what the dice are going to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless you're me. I know what my dice are going to do. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Also, <laughs> just saying with the Fireball one, if you recall, Finder went down. Yeah. And my character had to jump 
will like try and get around the fireball to grab him and pull him to safety so that we could run away because he was already <laughs> down at that moment because he failed his dice rolls. That is a true statement. Wow. Your paladin yeah. did go down. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is it's just an ongoing theme. Like I didn't yeah. I didn't put it together back then, but yeah. <laughs> but what's crazy is his dice will fail him with the simplest the simple shit that his character needs to do. And then on the converse, his ass throws himself out of a, a, a goddamn 3,000-story tower in Sharn across a gap onto an airship that's, you know, using, you know, dragon shard ballistas like it's a goddamn minigun. And, you know, makes that with raises. So, yeah. yeah. You know what? I'm going to run Dungeon Crawl Classics for you, and you need to play a fighter or a warrior. Let's see if you can get the mighty deed die, and we'll see how we'll see if this my theory translates over to you that the the more ridiculous that your character behaves, the better your dice rolls are. <laughs> now, I will say that I that there's probably truth to that theory because, like, like I said, I had in that one Savage Star Wars game that we were playing, I played the guy who thought he was a Jedi but had no force ability at all. In fact. Uh, there was a contract between me and the GM that anytime I wanted to use the force, I was rolling unskilled at a negative six instead of just a negative two for Savage Worlds. And we came toe to toe with Darth Vader and I beat his ass. I made him run away. It was awesome. I'm just saying, man. As long as it's ridiculous, Finder will find a way. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't I don't know if it's wrong or not. so wrong it's right yeah (laughs) jesus wow so here here's a little question does a death have to actually be memorable in game or do you think the bad deaths could act are totally fine i'm asking to clarify like uh, by a bad death you know one that you know kind of just does you almost feel i'm cheated you know, it, either from just like bad dice rolls, I'm not talking about fudging dice, but like either bad dice rolls or something that. Hold on. What? So, when Finder can get into get into what his point was real fast. So, you're telling me it could be a bad. Your character made a choice to undertake some of the most dangerous things that their character that they could possibly know in their world, right? Yeah. Like. The, the, the dumbest shit ever. Because normal people, that's why there's whole villages full of people who are like, nah, bitch. <laughs> that's, the Lich King, that's a that's a tomorrow thing. That's not going to happen right now. I got bread to make. You know? And then they get killed doing what they were passionate about. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just my background, maybe. So I'm like, eh, you know? Yeah, even, so, even sometimes like, you, just, you bite the bullet and yeah. sometimes you don't. <laughs> I would even clarify, like, say, like, even like a bad death could be just like, you know, just got a bunch of, you know, bad rolls and you're fighting goblins. You know, a simple enemy and you're just for some reason fudging. Like, I know there's a few people who would probably be upset if their high level character died from, let's say, a bunch of kobolds who are just burrowing and things. But, you know, like, I don't know. Well, boohoo Goliath. I mean, yeah. yeah. So my, my, my take on that is... I, my opinion is evolving over time because as a GM, I want the characters to get to the end. I want them to get to the big bad guy and have this big epic battle because that is the fun scene for me as a GM. 
But if they die before then at, at the hands of a, a party of kobolds, well, okay. And I used to hate, I used to hate player death. I used to, or sorry, character death. I used to hate killing characters because I wanted them to get to the end. I, I'm growing past that now, but I'm also getting to this point where I am, I'm realizing that if I want certain things to happen, as the GM, I don't always have to call for dice rolls. Wrath and Glory, th- there's a few of them that say don't call for dice rolls for things that the character can competently do. Growing up in things like travel or, or any of your sci-fi games, I'm going to go out of the dock now and I'm going to go to this new star system. Okay, roll your piloting to get out of the dock and you fail that and, well, you just crashed your ship into the dock and now your ship is damaged. It's like, <laughs> Really? So that, that type of stuff has started growing on me where I'm, I, as a GM, I don't like calling for dice rolls where it's like a typical mundane task. Yeah. yeah. And if there's something that they need for the story to continue, and if they fail a roll, they're not going to get it. I've Like clues, if you're playing an investigative game, give the clues that are absolutely necessary without a dice roll for me, that, because I don't want the game to stall because they failed their investigation roll. Maybe if they make the investigation roll, they find it and m- maybe some additional information. So there, there's a reason for the roll. Mm-hmm. But even thinking about like climbing, right? I mean, in D&D, I think about all the things that are there to, ma- or to, to challenge the resources of the party. So I'm climbing, I fall, I now have to use a, a healing potion that won't be available when I'm fighting the big bad guy, making that big bad fight scene more dangerous. But if if I'm playing Savage Worlds, that fall could literally kill the character. So now I'm getting to the point of, like, do I make them make dice rolls for a climbing roll if I want them to get over that wall? Um, or do I do it because they expect it? I, I, I don't know. I, I'm getting to the point where I don't care so much about dice rolls as much um, if, the, if I can have it be a fun story. So I, Why don't you just go play Fate then? <laughs> <laughs> I just might. I've never played Fate. <laughs> no, as you say, you're not you're not wrong. But players love rolling dice because of what makes it exciting. But yeah, I mean that's why all the games I write now I have to put in there like stop asking for f- climb checks every forty feet. Make the climb check when it would be very important to whatever is happening where you're going to challenge them and you're going to make them deal with something, you know, like where they try something really, really stupid. Like I'm going to climb the the great Northern wall of Westeros. Okay. Good luck with that, bro. Uh, and I'm going to make you make that check. And then we're going to randomly roll like a D six times 10 to see how far up you were when you collapse. <laughs> well, I think even if you, I think even Dean like five even has a, something in check for that one like they have something it's just called like take 10 and take 20 where i think take 10 is like if you have the time like you know if if it's a task you know a little bit of effort but something that you can generally do that's not overly difficult but might take some time you can just say i take 10 and there you go or take 20 like if you're if you're doing this task but you know like let's say it would take 20 minutes to do well just double that time if you have time to climb something very carefully and it'll take you instead of 10 minutes it'll take you an hour hour and a half okay you know what you can take 20 on that like 
Yeah, man. A lot of people forget to use shit like that. Yeah. It's pretty important. Um, and even I'm thinking back to like my earlier games, and I remember it was the same deal. It's like, oh, uh, I want to climb this tree just so I can, if I can see over this wall. All right, roll a dice. Okay, well, the tree's only about... <laughs> <laughs> the nearest branch is only you know it's not a big tree it's just looking over a eight foot wall and it's like yeah roll. So let me see you if failed. I failed ranger can do some eight-year-old shit <laughs> that, that, you know that's exactly what i was thinking i'm like going yeah. you know, I, I think that's the part that frustrates me in games is when i know that as this incompetent person in real life that i am and i can do that and my character suddenly can't yeah it's like really? It's like yeah. I was I was six or seven years old and I climbed this walnut tree in my in my yard, and I climbed higher than my two story house. Yeah, and you're telling me that my ranger, who's bred for this stuff, can't do it? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a pretty simple uh, task. But yeah. um, when I was writing up, uh, like when I was figuring out this episode for tonight, I ended up googling just out of curiosity, and I found. Essentially, people who rolled, who failed a roll that they didn't need to take. Oh yeah! Throughout history, if you guys want, if you guys want to hear a couple, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Sure. Okay, I, 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 this, I just had some extra time, and I was like, you know what? These are just funny. Okay, there was uh, Hans Steininger, in an Austrian mayor. He died because he had a really long beard, and when, uh. Going down the stairs, he ended up tripping on his own beard and he broke his neck. <laughs> uh, Making a jelly roll to go down those stairs. Yeah. Right. <laughs> There's uh, this Chrysippus. I think I'm getting that right. He was a Greek uh, philosopher with many notable works. He died from, he legitimately died from laughing to death after witnessing a donkey eating a fig. I wonder if that's where Monty Python got their uh, funniest joke in the world. Uh, maybe. Sketch. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Damn. Uh, there was uh, Genghis Khan, who died from falling off his horse while traveling. Yeah. And if anything about the Mongols, they're pretty much people who learned to ride a horse before they knew how to walk. Like, But he was drinking and he had to make that stamina check. Exactly. <laughs> uh, no, I think he was just getting up there at age, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, the owner of Segway drove his Segway off of a cliff. Yeah. That's a modern one. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll laugh. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I know you. I almost didn't put that one in there because I was like, "Oh, that was still a little bit too too soon." That might be too soon, but <laughs> so I left out the name. You can Google it. Um, and this one, uh, uh, Sigurd Eistenson. He's a he was a ninth century Viking, mm -hmm. uh, and he, quite a bit of nobility uh, notability. Uh, he died by arrival after he decapitated his rival he then took the guy's head home and on the ride home he was scratched in the leg by the head's tooth and he ended up dying from a major infection yeah man <laughs> yeah that one i thought was kind of a i almost kind of ironic well there's some ignomous deaths man those suck yeah and one last one uh till the hun uh, he died of a nosebleed. 
<laughs> what the heck happened to get the nosebleed that bad? I honestly, like, I was kind of reading it, and like they said, is like they, they're pretty sure it wasn't a wasn't anything to do with combat or anything like that. They think he just he had such a bad nosebleed that he ended up dying from it. And yeah, weird, eh? <laughs> Man, go back in time, find out he's picking his <laughs> nose. <laughs> laying there in bed just chilling being real quiet he's just he's just he had some hair in his nose he was just taking his knife he was just trying to scrape it out went a little too deep that's all oh man <laughs> all right uh so how do you guys deal with uh the death of a like death of uh you know, a character or a party midway through a session like how do you what do you guys do in order to like let's say you're doing a three-hour session, one hour in, all of a sudden, somehow, either one character dies or all die. How do you handle that to, you know, not just completely end the game night instantly? Oh, I don't care about ending the game night. Now, if it's one character, and they know the rules well enough, and they can get a character quickly enough, it's like, hey, yeah. generate a character, um, and we'll work you in somehow. Um, the other, The other aspect of that is... If I'm if it's in the middle of like this huge battle, I'll sometimes give that player who died control of some of the enemy characters to now start attacking mm -hmm. the other player characters. Uh, that way, they're still engaged. But if it's if it's close to the end of the night, or even at the beginning of the night, if they if the entire party dies, then it's like okay, well, let's talk about what we want to do next. Do you guys want to continue this game or do the next one, and and then we go from there and. Uh, play it by ear, but it, I mean, I, I have no problems if if it ends early, um, gives us time to think about other stuff and and or just, well, truth be told, it takes us about an hour to get into a game with some of my friends because we just <laughs> sit around and talk for like an hour. But, but yeah, so that, that's how I handle it. It, it. It's case by case basis, but but uh, yeah, if the entire party dies, then it's it's more of a discussion of okay, we continuing this, generate new characters, or we doing something different. In which case, it's still generating new characters, but you know. Yeah. That's yeah, fair. Same. What about you, Scott? Same thing. Yeah, so yeah, I got the same thing. Like, honestly, if it's one person or an entire party, it's kind of the same thing. And uh, I don't know. I've done some clever things before just because mostly I'll ask them. I'm like, hey, you know, like like normal what I do with you guys. It's always a leading question. And if it's your character who's dying, you know, I'll ask. Uh how did you die right so we'll well i'll let people narrate how their character gets you know the shit met, you know cut out of them or blown up or whatever uh but then i'll also ask them because you know people come up with most outrageous ways their their characters die more than i ever could um and then i'll ask them like is this the end of this character and some people will get like puzzled looks and they'll be like well you know you let me know are you making are you are you bringing someone else in are you are you, are you want to do something different uh, and like we've done the whole Revenant thing, I've I've had the whole party uh, have to pay a price and be resurrected by a god or a dark god, and that kind of shifts the focus for the players and the group. Um, it just really depends on kind of what the mood is, and where we want to go with it, and like if I think the people at the table would, are are the kind of in the state where they're like, oh, you know, that would be kind of fun. Like now we got to pay this debt back and. Or it's our ass, you know, forever. I kind of like that one, especially like you could be this high noble group and one of your friends, like, let's say you guys are already like 
higher level and all that, been playing with the same characters for a while. How far would a party go to keep their friend alive? Right? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah man. Like well, in the they, old D&D days, we would just cut off a finger and carry it around with us until we found somebody who can resurrect. All facts. Wait, or you found a regenerate, ring of regeneration. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that actually worked? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, as long as you have a part of the body. And yeah, there's all kinds of weird ways around some of the uh, death and whatnot in the old rules. And D&D, I mean, D&D had one of the most powerful spells I think I've ever seen, which was Wish. Yeah, yeah. So. Huh. I actually find that interesting, because, like, the... I know, like, with fantasy, like, I think this might be... We're kind of coming back around to the beginning of our conversation here, but I think another reason why fantasy people are less likely to either run away or any of that kind of stuff is because there is ways to bring them back. Like, you know, it, it, it's not outlandish and it can happen almost sometimes pretty easily, especially at higher levels. It's like, Oh, I'm just going to pay this cleric 20,000 gold in order to resurrect my friend, whatever. We have a hundred thousand in the bank. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or in the, yeah, right. Yeah. Like, yeah, and then that leads to more interesting questions, and it's not really about you know TPKs or character. Well, kind of character death, but like huh. if you have a realm where the gods are real, right, and they they actually grant this, then you have to really start to readdress the table what it means to have faith, right? Because it's not an unknowable; it is a knowable. There is an afterlife. You understand the realms of existence. You understand that you can be brought back. So. The discussions on what makes a person a person, what makes the soul the soul, and that, that changes. And uh, uh, you know, I don't. People may not get into it, but uh, those are some of those more fun talking points when you start having those conversations, or when you get someone who dies or close to death, uh, or you get a, a character who's overly religious. You know, at the at the table, and it's just like, okay, cool story. Let's 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 do this. Let's run down this path because it, that that does change things. I mean, even in cyberpunk or even neon blood. You know, I put the paramed uh, contract in there. Uh, Cyberpunk has the trauma team, you know, and if you you have those listed on you and the minute your heart stops, you know, they deploy a goddamn paramilitary unit uh, to come and get you and they extract you. And so there is that little bit of possibility of life after death as well. It's almost like a resurrection spell, um, you know. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. Well, I, and, you know, I, I do think it's fun with, like, uh, well, even with that Dungeon World campaign, or, or I suppose I shouldn't say campaign because it lasts for <laughs> a, a couple sessions, right? But but the interesting or the fun part was there was that moment where I was considering backing out as the paladin. Yeah. But as soon as I realized, hey, I can ask my god this question, <laughs> and the GM has to give me an honest answer. As soon as I was able to do that, <laughs> then oh. as a paladin, my question becomes, do I go against my god? Right. And it's like, no, I can't back down. I'm, I'm going to go down and destroy this thing because it's evil in the eyes of my, of my deity. Whether it's truly evil or not, I guess, is because that was another com- conversation, right? Was as a group, we had to discuss, well, who is this evil towards? And it's like... I asked my God, so in my God's eyes, that's how I, that's how I saw it. Right. My God felt this thing is evil, and if I'm a true follower of my God, then I must find it evil as well. And so let's yeah. go deal with this. Yeah. And, and, go ahead. 
Uh, I was just going to say. And, end result, TPK. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, because it was interesting because you had the Paladin, right, which makes sense. Uh, we lost the Cleric early on, which is unfortunate. The player quit, um, which is too bad because it was a, a good dynamic. Uh, and that yeah. left you with a, a Ranger, very nature-oriented, uh, very balanced, I would say. And then a Druid, also yeah. very balanced. And the skin in the fight for the two of you wasn't, I don't think it was the declaration of moral or ethical evil. It was, especially for the druid, it was more of corruption, right? It's probably a better term. Is, is there a corrupting force for nature that's involved here? So I don't know. But, but even, then, even then, though, their agency led them down that path because they wouldn't leave the palace. <laughs> <Suckers>. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, even like I was just thinking, it's because like the ranger, a ranger, if you think about it, it's all about kind of preservation, not only of, you know, kind of what's around in the natural world, but also self-preservation. Like, you know, is does this feel like a dumb thing? And my character was saying, this feels like a really dumb thing, but at the same time, am I willing to let someone go and die when they could have made, may not have died? <laughs> Right. If you know, if you, I gone. could have been, if I could have been gone, and that's me, like when the druid, druid, and me as the ranger were playing. Which it's funny because I don't think throughout the whole game we never ever used the names of the characters. <laughs> but, no, no um, not not at all. No, not at all. We're just ranger. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, ranger. Oh player. no, you, it was like Dick One and Dick Two uh, <laughs> from Tata's perspective. <laughs> um, I, and you know what? I will tell you. I wish you guys would have chosen to let the paladin go by himself because, oh, I would have his paladin definitely would have died. He would have made a new <laughs> character, or he could have played that character, and I would have. We would have had a conversation about <laughs> welcome to servitude as a as a death knight or shit like that. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah. That would have been fun. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, and, that one was not a TPK though. Well, uh, no, no. Well, it depends. I mean, right? TPK. I I think it is though, because even the druid became the king of the barrow, right? I mean, so he he essentially became undead. Yeah, is how I interpreted that. I just only had one arm left, and a ranger with only one arm isn't really a good ranger. Oh, did you survive? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He made the. You died. No, he made the, he made it back to the yeah he made the top of the stairs yeah yeah then he ran off and then um yeah we were planning to continue that game but a with a different yeah from a different perspective yeah. yeah but yeah um so here's a question do you know any games that actually have ever tried to turn death into more of a more like baked into the mechanics so like almost like death is really part of the game in a more notable form than just like oh start a new character well Whoa. 10 candles i mean 10 candles is a game designed for tpk i mean yeah is that what you mean is it a game designed to explore death or a game designed to kill characters um it's just more one that takes death like for uh, it, it takes death and it doesn't just make it so it's like, okay, well, you have to have a new character. It's one that could either A, explore death, or one that has actually a, has a mechanic which really kind of puts the death of a character more into 
the game itself. So it's not just like, oh, your character is dead, done, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's a baked-in mechanic. Then, yes, uh, Deadlands. Deadlands yeah. Classic would have been the first. Yep. Deadlands Reloaded for Savage Worlds. But your character yeah. dies, and you draw a card, and you could come back harrowed, which means yeah. you're undead now. And yep. you continue oh, yeah. playing. Yep. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, you got to draw a f- Joker. <laughs> and, and now, yeah, true story. This was hilarious. We had uh, we wanted to play a group of outlaws, mm. and so we, we were playing outlaws, and we were the most despicable human being to the point where the GM actually hated the party. He hated <laughs> repping that party, and so he would throw the most outlandish things at us to kill us. <laughs> we died. We were so evil. He's like, okay, draw your cards, and. He says, now, because we were such evil characters, he says, you guys can draw three cards each. Oh, no. And I did my draw. I drew both jokers. <laughs> we shuffled the deck. The other person, the, the other, like, major outlaw, drew both jokers. They were oh, like, this God. is destiny. Oh, <laughs> it was so awesome. And, and so we got to continue playing until uh, he got tired of that game. And he's like, Damn. no, we're not doing this anymore. No, we're done. No, I'm done with these characters. Damn. It I was think, awesome. Uh, no, I was gonna say just the why. I, I mean, if you guys are just being complete dicks about everything, but like, I'm just thinking of like Deadlands Young Guns edition would be so much fun. It, it, well, it would be, but we weren't Young Guns. We weren't the the Robin Hood type outlaws. We were we were despicable human beings. I mean, uh, we'd go in and just murder people for no reason. Um, well, there was usually a reason. It's because my, my character was too prideful, and somebody. So the the, the running trope became. I was not the leader of the gang, but I was. I, my character was the leader of the gang, and they kept giving the credit to some other person, and I just get angry and shoot people. Huh. And so, I, but yeah, we we were there. There was nothing redeeming about those characters. It was just us going on a complete murder hobo spree on eleven, uh, rather than doing anything interesting with the characters. <laughs> make make it make a note. That's an episode conversation. That that attitude and that that place that elbows, yeah. Okay, we'll do. Like w- willful rampage. Oh, I think it'd be a good conversation to have. Yeah, no, I think it would definitely would be. I will make a. I just gotta get to the right folder. Hold on. Oh man. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> Whatever. What, what, what were you gonna say? Sorry. Yeah, we'll be back huh? for a word with our from our sponsors. <laughs> Traveler. Traveler. Fuck it. They have new rules updated 2022. Are they? Oh. Yeah, it's basically the same edition. They just made some uh, errata updates and things like that, from what I understand. So it's still still mostly a second edition from Mongoose, but but, but they're still selling it again. I say in a price. It's just like yeah. I can't. I can't do that. Like. I'd rather make new shit than be like, oh, I'm going to make a few changes and resell you the book. <laughs> I, I think... <laughs> I fucking can't. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think it all depends Like with that. I know we're getting really off topic with this one. I think if it's like kind of like a system that kind of fell to the wayside that someone wants to update and... Because, like, you know, it's like the passion project. Like, they love the system sure. so much. That they really want to bring it back, like I all powers to it. But yeah, yeah that's different than a company. Yeah, it's just like yeah. <laughs> we added a yeah. new chapter, we changed the name of a ship, the colors, get the get. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Back yeah. on topic a little yeah. bit now that that's written. Like, I think Paranoia is a good example of one that really baked in yeah. dying mechanics because it's like oh, yeah. it's, it's it's part of the game. Uh where it's yeah. like, oh, you died. Well, here's another clone out of the tube. Yeah. Now, if you're talking about strictly mechanics ch- altering how someone dies, I mean, fifth edition, right? With the death save, which I, oh, so many people hate that. And I love it. I have, I mean, the way they do it is banal, right? But you guys have played in the games I've written in both OSNR and Neon Blood both have that that mechanic in it. But I expanded it to where there's descriptive flavor text involved. And you it's not just a death savior. I've actually, I'm forcing people to use attributes that they normally probably aren't, you know, going to pump up. And so it's like, and we have the conversation. I don't know if you guys ever seen anyone die in either of those games. Well, not OSNR, you guys haven't played that, but, or even Neon Blood. But yeah, I mean, and people get really into it because, you know, it's, it's everything is very evocative. Um, so yeah, I mean, 5th Edition had it built into that where there's the death save. Um, Rollmaster has it built into it on the tables um you can you can end up with the result of like uh so many hits you know maybe stun or whatever the re- there's a whole plethora of, of of results but one of those results that could be added in the table is uh dies in x number of rounds so you're actually still up and active or the monsters are up and active and then you got to tick off those rounds and they just die at the end of it well in uh neon we ended up witnessing one person die Remember, Crispy went for um, went for his gun, which was thrown <laughs> on the ground, That's while right. two cops were pointing guns right. at him, as and two mechanical dogs were just waiting for their orders. That's right. I don't think uh, <laughs> that was early on. I don't think he did the uh, death mechanic, did he? No, we didn't. We did not. Yeah, no, I hadn't. Uh, I hadn't fleshed it out yet. So, are yeah. you sure that that was already after? Because wasn't that already? During no. the Kickstarter, nah. though, no, no, it was after mm-hmm. Kickstarter. I thought, or it was before Kickstarter. Yeah, it was after Kickstarter. Yeah. Well, even during the Kickstarter, you guys and the backers were still playing a couple of versions back, and not everything had gotten into the manuscript yet. So it just takes time. Yeah. The all the opt for oh, this is for people it doesn't really matter. The game changes though. Uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics doesn't really. Dungeon Crawl Classics, right? The funnel is the same thing as Paranoia. Um, you make those four characters, and they're a bunch of, you know, nobodies. But you know one of them needs to survive to funnel, and so you start making those plots, and you're like, well, this one is cooler than the others, and so you three are going to be called hit point buffers. that would be hilarious i mean it just works out that way and sometimes you don't really give a shit you're like cool let fate decide but i mean yeah so that's another one trying to think of what else has a real well so one that uh i just thought of and i'm going to butcher the name and i'm going to do it just because i'm american and i'm a jerk like that but morkborg 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 yeah i I, 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 I think uh, I know the proper pronunciation. You told me I'm like, yeah, I'm still going to call it Morkborg because Mugboria. See, it's, I yeah, I, I, I like Morkborg. Yep, learned it from uh, a friend now, I guess. Stupid ass. <laughs> yeah, true. Stupid ass. Yeah. Stupid ass. Oh, fuck you. 
No, I'm I, I'm not I'm not saying his name just because I'm like, oh I don't is is this one gonna be up before or afterwards? But Oh uh, yeah. But then even talking about it, I'm just real I just realized uh oh. just to show my own intelligence role fail, uh that that one's being released on the third. Oh, and cool. the day of recording is the second. So another correction, twelfth and thirteenth. Lucas stopped me. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, failed my role. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Um, I I actually found one that was a PBTA. Uh, which one? No Country for Old Cobalts. Yeah, that's right. That's a that's a clever little title too. Actually, that is a very great cool. novel if it's based on the novel. Uh, I I, I don't. No think Country so. for Old Men. Uh, yeah, brutal story. I love it's a great book. Great book. Well, it's a brutalization of Power by the Apocalypse. So I mean, I guess yeah. the equilibrium is there. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no country for old kobolds. Essentially, you, you all play as kobolds who are at the whims of your wizard master, and the only way you can really advance and level is because you you play as not just one kobold, but pretty much almost like I don't know if it's a lineage or something. But so when your cobalt dies, you transfer that experience over to the next cobalt who takes its place. Pretty much showing it's like, yeah, he witnessed how you died, so he he's a little bit smarter for it. He's not going to yeah, die sure. that way, which I think is clever, especially with cobalts, which you know die very easily. It's kind of a clever game system. Yeah, and you know that's the thing with old school D and D too. Is I mean, technically by the rules and by intent, your party wasn't supposed to be by itself. You were supposed to have hirelings uh, in the game, and so if your character died, you could just advance one of your hirelings to first level, whatever the hell they were qualified for, and you know, go with that. Yeah, that's that's something that kind of like I know there's rules in a lot of. Like D, like I think even Five E has it, and I know quite a few systems have hireling rules in it. But I think that's like a system that's not really utilized. Not no, because most people and yeah, most even in Savage Worlds, I don't. I very rarely encountered a group who will try to seek out hirelings. Not in Savage Worlds. Not in the fantasy game. Not in cyberpunk games I've run. Um, I think well, the only and, ones that had it was the bastard test run you guys did for me when you're testing bastard out, and I sort of forced your hand at that a little bit. I, I think the reason though is because it becomes to some mm. degree unmanageable. Meaning, I have to think about all these other things, and really, mm -hmm. all I want to do is focus on my character. Yeah, um, because it's hard to have conversations with hirelings because then you sound you, you sound or feel like you're talking to yourself. <laughs> um, and it, it, I, I, I don't know, it's it's they're good to use in cannon fodder. And I think the best use of them in Savage Worlds is usually when you're using the mass battle rules where you don't have to interact with the hirelings. And you've got this entire army that is out attacking things yeah. and you're commanding the army as a whole. Um, but when you're doing like combat, if, if I'm controlling two extras in Savage Worlds, I'm making my attack roll. Now I got to think about these other two characters. Um, 
and what they're going to do. And that means I have to be familiar with their characters and what their capabilities are. Do they cast spells? Do they not cast spells? What edges do they have? It, it just becomes too much. So it's just easier to think about myself because I know my character. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. Yeah, that's fair. Had an idea for a game, but I'll... Oh, no. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll save it. That's how it starts. I'll, I know. <laughs> hey, while you're talking, I just thought of something. I'll bring it up to you guys afterwards. But, yeah. <laughs> um, damn it. I even had... Oh, yeah. Another one I was actually thinking of that kind of has... It, it uses kind of like the mechanic with having like, you know, a, under, like a hireling or something like that. But I know it's a, it's one of the Warhammer 40k tabletops. I think it's only war where you're only playing as like a grunt and all that. But you always have a second character with you. Mm. That's your character also. But like they just have like diminished stats. And whenever you're about to die. It, it's the other person who takes the hit. And so as long as you can get back to base, get your soldier, like, you know, pretty much get replenished and everything like that, you'll get another hireling that comes with you automatically. Just so you have that little bit of a buffer. Because when you're dealing with giant orcs or, you know, cannons that can shoot out thousands of shurikens in a heartbeat, you kind of need that buffer since you are the weakest person, like the weakest out of pretty much anything else that you can fight. Yeah, that was another one that did it. Yeah. Now, you know, speaking of that, though, it does make me think about something my son did uh, in the Savage Worlds campaign that we were playing. And he was a wizard who'd gotten up to, I believe, heroic rank. And so when he cast Summon Ally, um, which was a spell that allows you to essentially get a hireling, uh, just an extra person to, or, or a creature to fight with you, he would actually summon himself. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, he, could, he could duplicate himself. He gets another version of his character. Mm-hmm. It's not a wild card. And I believe all the stats are like one die type lower. Yeah. But it has all the same capabilities as you. So now he's running around with two versions of himself. And what's funny is listening to him is he's like, he had all these plans within plans. Like, yeah, I just, if I, if I got to this one point, then I could transform myself into a dragon and i would just summon myself and we both be dragons <laughs> i like, you way overthink things <laughs> i mean that's not bad that's actually no, pretty clever he's going somewhere that's the funniest thing is watching him play i'm like dude you should like become a pi or something because he picks up on all the little crap that everybody else just dismisses Nice. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> it, it, it was really eye opening at the same time, frightening because he's also the guy who would immolate entire groups of um, opposing enemies, um, even if they hadn't attacked them yet. He'd just walk in and like fireball all of them, mm. burn, burn them alive in their beds or whatever. I'm like, uh. <laughs> I mean, he's also not wrong. <laughs> so what you're saying is he's a brilliant tactician. I mean, yeah. The best fight is the one you don't fight. <laughs> that, that was his theory. Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. It's, it's thousands of years of wisdom and warfare. <laughs> Just got a copy of Sun Tzu at the table whenever he starts playing RPG, RPGs. Uh, for for, uh, for 
Christmas, though, based on his character, I had to get him this book of short stories called um, Evil is a Matter of Perspective. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Is that good? Yeah, it's correct. <laughs> it's correct. Don't get me started on Maleficent's story. She didn't get invited oh. to a motherfucking party. All you had to do is invite her to a fucking party. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Instead, you got your whole ass kingdom put to sleep for hundreds of years and shit until the, and your daughter put into a goddamn state of cryonic freeze. That's interesting. I'm just looking up that book now. Talk about a TPK. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, I, right? I will say, as my final note on the topic, though, sure. is... Don't be the GM that is like viewing the party as your antagonist. Right. You, you no. know, I mean, there are, I, I know GMs who it's them versus the party yeah. rather than the group trying to have fun together. Yeah, that's and crazy. So if, if, the, if the party dies because the encounter killed them, so be it. But don't try to, like, I, I think of the old D&D module, um, Tomb of Terrors or whatever it was. Tomb of Horrors. Yeah, Tomb of Horrors. Thank you. Yeah. Three ways to get into the dungeon, and two of them are automatic deaths. Yeah. Oh, really, Gygax? Come on, that's just stupid. It's like, yeah. well, hey, do you want to play the game or not? <laughs> well, the problem is that module wasn't designed for consumption of the public. It was designed to challenge his players who were all, you know, triple-digit IQ'd engineers and shit, yeah. and who were always out thinking what was going on. And, you know, then... You know, then also the tournament play aspects and TSR realized, hey, we can make money with this shit. And so. But still, I mean, literally oh, yeah. two entrances to the tomb. I'm tracking, were man. Nothing but death. But <laughs> it's like, game if over. You, if, if you weren't careful, I'm just saying, no one made you go in the damn long ass hallway without <laughs> using your spells, you know? Because the average character level is 14th, you know, 14th to 18th yeah. to go through that thing. So by that point, you've mastered so much magic and you've accumulated so many magic items that it should be a cakewalk for your characters. Well, not a cakewalk, but, you know, you shouldn't be getting, especially if you're used to Gygax's methods, you shouldn't get got at the littlest things like right. false, false walls and shit. But, yeah, I mean, you know, the antagonistic thing, I don't know. I've never understood that approach. I remember I almost had a character die. Because the the GM the, essentially there was a writing on the wall, and he, so we asked, okay, what writing is? They're like, well, everyone, like, what writing do you have? And I think he just like he did a randomizer, and I ended up turning out <clears throat> that my character knew the language. So I read it, and the moment that I read it, the the whole thing exploded because I guess oh. it was yeah. It, so in other words, exploding runes, like yeah, exploding, exploding runes. But it was mm -hmm. like yeah. the moment that the someone would read it would be the moment that it would blow up. So of course it blew up, and I, I don't think I died, but I think I like ended up like with like one or two health, and a couple of the other parties were pretty badly injured too. I remember though, there's something to I, that one. Yeah, I don't know if I would have done it if you just read it. Maybe if you read it out loud, you know. That's usually yeah, the indicating leading remember. question. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if I read it out loud or not. This was literally like 10 years ago, so it's kind of hard to remember at this point. Yeah. Yeah. 
But anyways, uh, well, RP people, I think that's all the time we have for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, do you have any good or bad ways of uh, how your character died? Let us know. You, uh, you can let us know by messaging us on Twitter at RPSmartPeople, or you can shoot us an email at RPSmartPeople at gmail.com. Uh, it would also be very helpful if you can hit the subscribe button just so uh, that you'll get a notification all the time saying, hey, we got a bit, uh, not a video. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, that we got we got a new episode out. Uh, also, just so to know that you guys are enjoying the stuff. I uh, hope you have a good week, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>